0: Welcome to the Pacific Point Church podcast, where we're learning to love and live like Jesus. During this half hour, we're praying that God will direct, encourage, and speak to you. If you would like to partner with Pacific Point Church and our church plants, you can download the Pacific Point Church app at the App Store or visit us at PacificPointchurch.com give. At that same site, you can also watch and listen to previous sermons, read follow-up blog posts and extended notes, and even connect with Pacific Point Church on social media. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. We are in this Lent season, so Good Friday, next Friday night here at 4 o'clock, we're going to have a Good Good Friday service along with Lighthouse Church, so we're doing a service with them. So if you're looking for a place to go for a Good Friday, love to have you here. Um, I'll be doing a part of the service with along with the pastor here at Lighthouse, so it will should be good. There's a lot of great churches that have services throughout the community. highly recommend that you go to do a service on Good Friday. We are in this Lent season. In This last week of prayer and fasting, the Holy Week, this, this great time, so I encourage you as you continue to fast with us and pray with us on Wednesdays. Uh, it's been a, a great time, I know, in our family and, and others that I've talked to, so I want to continue to uh, encourage you in that. We are about learning to love and live like Jesus. If you want to know what this church is about, we're, we're trying to figure this out. We're looking at the Bible, we're listening to Jesus and trying to figure out what it means to love and live like Him, and that, we believe, is a relationship with God. A relationship with others and then the ability to share our grace stories when God gives us the opportunity we're in that sacred space. easy for me to say sacred space book we've been reading uh, along during the Lent season and uh, this is out of mark 15 uh, the message this evening and it's it's really around who am I and I'm gonna read uh, this a uh, good chunk of, of scripture here you can follow along here if you have your Bibles but mark 15 16 through 39, and it says this. And I want you to look as we read through it. I want you to look at the players. There's a number of players in this story. There are a number of different, different people that are, are running through this story, that, that, that come through, and, 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 and so as it goes on, I want you to look and see and identify with these different players. Can, can I get you to shut those doors, Eddie? I'm sorry. Thank you. you got one-on-one cars? I don't want to distract the cars with all this craziness in here, you know? It might be an accident. That wouldn't be fair. Um, <laughs> So follow along. As you're reading it, think about each one of the players. There's about six or seven different players in this story. And it says this, And the soldiers led him away inside the palace, that is the governor's headquarters. And they called together the whole battalion. And they clothed him in purple cloak and twisted together a crown of thorns. They put it on him, and they began to salute him. Hail, King of the Jews! And they were striking his head with a reed and spitting on him and kneeling down in homage to him. And when they had mocked him and stripped him of his purple cloak and put his own clothes on him, they led him out to crucify him. And they com- com- and and they compelled a passerby, Simon of C- Cyrene, who was coming to this coming. I gotta look this way. Sorry, <laughs> coming in from the country, the father of Alexander and Rufus, to carry his cross. And they brought him to the place called Golgotha, which means place of skulls. And they offered him the wine mixed with myrrh, but he did not take it. And they crucified him and divided his garments among them, casting lots for them to decide what each should take. And it was the third hour and they crucified him. And the inscription of the charges against him read, King of the Jews. And with him they crucified two robbers, one on his right and one on his left. And those who passed by derailed him, uh, wagging their heads at him. Ah, you who would destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days, save yourself and come down from the cross. So also the chief priests and the scribes mocked him to one another, saying, He saved others and cannot save himself. Let the Christ, the King of Israel, come down now from the cross, that we may see and believe. Those who were crucified with him also reviled him. And when the sixth hour had come, there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. And at the ninth hour, Jesus cried in a loud voice, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Facing him, saw that it was this way. He breathed his last and said, Truly, this man was the Son of God. Let me pray. Father, I thank you for this, your word, this story, and all the players in it. God, I pray that you would speak to us this evening. Lord, let us look in the mirror. Let us see, Father God. Give us ears to hear and eyes to see. In Jesus' name. Amen. We've just read the Easter story to you. We've just read, we're going into Holy Week and and leading up to actually tomorrow's Palm Sunday and and leading into this this event that changed the world forever. And there's all these different players that were there. There was all these different distinct people that sat there. And I want to look at them today. The players in this story were the soldiers, a passerby, Two robbers, those who passed by, the chief priests and the scribes, and the centurion. Those are the main ones that we see in this. How many, let me ask you this. Uh, this is a cultural reference, and I, I, was, I was going on a limb for this. How many people watch Walking Dead? All right, so we're not going to do real well here. Um, does anybody know what the statement means? I am Negan. In The Walking Dead, there is this guy that, I mean, this dynamic guy that is in this, this story that is just trying to control the world and, and this post-apocalyptic you know, show that's, it's not about the zombies, those things are whatever and they eat people and whatever, but that, it's, it's this social experiment that is going on and there's a guy named Negan, and he has this whole group of people. Do you watch it? Do you know what I'm talking about? You guys watch it? Okay. There's this whole group of people that, that uh, follow this guy named Negan, and any time that there's a, a split or something going on, they say, I am Negan. They represent Negan. No matter where they're at, what they're doing, they say, no, whatever their name is, they say, I am Negan. It's this group of people that are trying to conquer and stay tight and make things happen, and they say this, I I am Negan. And and in this story, again, unless you've watched it, this is going to be hard to relate. You know where I'm going here. But what I want you to do in this is as you look, I want you to see yourselves in each one of these players. I want you to look and see who you might be. Were you a soldier, a passerby, or were you one of the robbers? Those who pass by, prescribes, or centurion. Who am I in this season? As we go into this season, as we go into this holy week, as we go into this week and leading to the cross and all that Jesus is, ask yourselves, who am I? We look first at... The, soldier. the soldiers that were there, they were from the Roman Empire, they were doing what they were paid to do. They were doing what they were supposed to do. These, these guys had crucified and killed many people. They knew exactly what, they were authorized to carry out the orders from their boss. These guys were the men who made sure everything ran smoothly. The Roman soldiers drove the nails into Jesus' hands. They're the ones, as it said, they took the purple cloak and they wrapped him in it. They mocked him. They did all these things. These soldiers are the ones who took that crown of thorns and thought it would be entertaining and pressed it into the head of Jesus, and blood flowed as they pressed it into his head. And they took the nails as they built this cross and they laid Jesus across it and they nailed nails into his hands and into his feet. These are the men who carried out the act. So what about me and you? I am the soldier. When I look at myself and I see what those guys, the first thing I say is, oh, I'm not that guy. I would never do that to a guy named Jesus and what Jesus did. But I look in the mirror and I realize every single day, my sin put Jesus on the cross. It says in Acts 2.36, this Jesus whom you crucified is both Lord and Savior. Peter speaks this great message after having denied Christ three times. And this huge crowd is there. And he looks at him and says, It's your life that put Jesus on the cross. You're the one who drove the nails into his hands. When I look at the soldiers in this story and I watch the Ten Commandments or watch one of those shows, with, with the, I, I go, I never identify with the soldiers, yet it's me. See, the reality is this. My sin every single day is driving nails into the hands of Jesus. My sin, your sin, is no different than hammering that nail into Jesus' feet says this in Colossians 1:22 He is now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him it is when i sin that the nails go into his hands and the blood flows and it's out of that blood that flows that allows me to walk in forgiveness but my sin and your sin is what put him on the cross i am a soldier next one that we see is a passerby. This This man Simon who's just walking. He's, he's come from a ways and he's walking and watching and, 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 and seeing what's going on. And now he's immortalized in scriptures for carrying this cross. And he's pulled out by the Roman soldiers and he's told to carry the cross of Jesus. He's told to, to bear the weight the pain that Jesus was experiencing. And I am the passer It says this in Romans 8, 16 through 18. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, fellow heirs with Christ, provided, listen to this, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy comparing it with the glory that is to be revealed to us. What does he say? I am the passerby. I feel, I've experienced, we experience the, the, the weight of the cross in our lives. We're not separated from that. God wanted us, it says very clear, he wanted us to feel what happens with us as Christians to go, "Oh, I'm suffering. I'm suffering. The enemy must be torturing me. I'm suffering. How could God let this be?" Yet God allows us to feel the weight of suffering in our lives so that the glory will be revealed to us. He says it's nothing in comparison. See, it's it's perspective is everything in our life. And we think that as Christians, that we can live this life. If we accept Jesus into our life, if we pray the prayer and Jesus comes into our heart, then we don't have to experience any of this suffering. Yet the truth is, and I say it all the time, if you do what Jesus did and say what Jesus said, you're going to get what Jesus got, which is pain, suffering, and betrayal. There's no way around it. right. So as this man is carrying the weight of Jesus' pain on the cross, he feels it literally. You and I should feel and experience, but know that God has called us, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed to us. No, any suffering that you're experiencing, any addiction that you walk in, any, any defeat that you feel, any health that you, problems that you have, any financial problems that you're experiencing, any, any, any family divorce, whatever problems that you are experiencing. I'm telling you, the hope of Jesus Christ is what we hold on to. And as we walk in these different sufferings, God walks with us. Amen. carry his cross Mm. number three the two robbers two robbers that had no idea where their theft would lead them sitting on one side of jesus and another sitting on the right and in the beginning as 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 they're sitting there these two robbers are, are mocking him and blaspheming him there's one on the right and one on the left there, and they're hurling insults just like everybody else and there's this moment where one of them comes and has some clarity there's a moment when one of, the, one of the, the, the robbers goes wait a second here this is Jesus there's a moment in their life that this man went from being completely depraved went from complete you know, being just a, a robber being an idiot, being a jerk just like some of you and me to this point of going no you are Jesus and Jesus saying to him today you will spend eternity with me in paradise and there's a robber on the other side of Jesus that sits in his pride that sits in his stuff that refuses to believe that this Jesus that's hanging on the cross could ever be my savior there's two robbers which robber am I I've been both she so have denied Jesus, not walking with him. All of us at some point. It says this in Luke 12, but the ones who denies me before man will be denied before the angels of God. I, I, before we come into a relationship with Jesus, we're that robber that goes, no, you can't be. We're the robber that goes, no, you're not. Then there's this other one where I, I have come now, where I acknowledge Jesus. And it says this in Luke 12, and I tell you, everyone who acknowledges me before men, the Son of Man, will also acknowledge before the angels of God. And everyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven. But the one who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. There's these two different lives that we all walk in. Well, let me be very clear. Not we all walk in. There are some that stay into this place of denying who Jesus is. We have the two crosses, and there are some that refuse to humble themselves, that sit and look at Jesus and say, there's no way that he could be the Savior. They've heard the Word. They've looked at the Word. They've read the Word. God has given them the Word. He's brought people in their lives. And they go, no, that can't be the Savior. And they deny, they deny, they deny. And God says, okay, you you deny me before man, I will deny you. And the one that acknowledges Jesus, which is that place that we come in when we come into a relationship with him. It's so good to come from this this, this I, I denying Jesus to this place of acknowledging who the Savior. Can, I can only imagine the words. The man with the hardened heart who had denied Jesus and pushed back on Jesus, there was no way it was getting through his heart. He had decided in his heart, there's no way that this was going to happen. And the, 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 the robber on the other side, can you imagine the words, there's the hope, the spark of hope as you're hanging on the cross, you know your life is done. And Jesus speaks these words, today you will spend an eternity with me in paradise. The same words that any one of us can hear today. The Bible says that today is the day of salvation. And when we repent and we acknowledge Jesus as a Savior, we can be saved. And there are those who pass by The people of Israel, the ones that just, you know, coming and going. There's an event. Ah, there's another crucifixion in Rome. Nothing new. The, The streets going into the city were lined with crosses of thieves and robbers and stealers and rapists and all of these different people that had been judged by the Roman Empire. And there's all these people that would just that were just keep going that were were also complicit in this thing because they were so distracted that they weren't willing to stop and take the time. They're the same ones when the crowd was yelling, crucify him, crucify him. They go, That looks like a good party. And they said, Crucify him, crucify him. Not willing to examine, to look, to see, just caught in the everyday crowd. The ones that cried for Barabbas instead of Jesus. The ones, you know what I'm talking about. That you just get in that rhythm of life and you just, you just start going through life. And you never really think about life. It's the treadmill that we all, many, walk on. See, I, I, uh, we, me, you, I, I was that passer See, I, 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 don't, I used to get so comfortable, and there's times I get so comfortable with life. You know, I don't need Jesus. There's all these people in Orange County that have all this wealth and have all this power and have all this whatever. They have all this whatever they think they have. They say, I, I'm pretty comfortable in life. I don't need this Jesus. Luke 12 says this. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have ample good laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, and be merry. Sound familiar? (laughs) But God said to him, fool, this night your soul is required of you. And the things you have prepared, the things you have prepared, whose will they be? so is the one who lays up treasures for himself is not rich towards God. You don't know what tomorrow brings. No one has any idea. Yet there's hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people coming and going, walking, and they see and they hear, but they just keep going and keep walking. My life is fine. And then there's this next category of Christians allow ungodly influences in my life. there's this whole group of Jewish people that were there when Christ was being crucified that came around and they would throw an insult or they would cheer for Barabbas or they would cheer for crucify him or whatever this whole group who said, man we're the religious people we're, we, we understand Jesus They had no clue it says in 1 Timothy 4. Now the spirit expressly says that in latter times some will depart from the faith by devoting themselves to deceitful spirits and teachings of demons though they though the insincerity of the liars whose consciences are seared through the insincerity their consciences are seared there's this whole group of christians ah, that's a that's a broad pretty big broad painted picture, I don't know if I want to even paint that. There are Christians let me even go, there are people who think they know Jesus, who are walking around they have all these influences on their life and the Jesus has been presented to them the Jesus, who hung on a cross and died for their sins, and they Sit in these places of deception. They allow things into their lives. Look, we all do it. Jesus is sitting, sitting. Jesus is hanging from a cross, nailed to a cross. And people are passing and going by. I have neighbors that are dying and going to hell from that don't know Jesus. I have friends that don't know Jesus. I have, I have all these people that I, I may have some influence on. But I have no problem with my seemingly inconsequential habits of watching things on TV or going in useless time or, 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 or foul words that come from my mouth whatever it might be. Why? Because I'm like that passerbyer in, in this time when Jesus was crucified. Oh, there's that guy named Jesus on the cross. And the power of what he was doing doesn't always sit in my soul. I end up being completely... Ah, I'm like the passerbyers. So many times I just come and go. I walk by that cross. It has no effect on my life. We all are like that. I am like that. The priests and the scribes, these are the ones. The priests and the scribes, we talk about them all the time. They got it all together. I mean, they're the professionals. They know these are the religious leaders in Israel that put Jesus on the cross. They were responsible for his death. They were responsible for his judgment. The Jewish leaders demanded that the Roman Empire deal with this Jesus because if they didn't, there was going to be this insurrection. There's just going to be this breaking out of this this kingdom that would, would cause problems to the Roman Empire. And the scribes and the Pharisees were the ones who made sure that Jesus went on the cross. They're the ones that were threatened by the positions. They're the ones that were threatened by Jesus and who he was. And I am a priest. I'm a scribe. It says this in Romans 2. So when you are a mere human being, past being, past judgment on them, and yet do the same things, do you think you will escape God's judgment? Or do you show contempt for the riches of his kindness, forbearance and patience, not realizing that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance? But because of your stubbornness and your unrepentant heart... You are storing up wrath against yourself for the day of God's wrath when his righteous judgment will be revealed. It It is these religious people, Jesus is hanging on the cross. Jesus is bleeding and has given his life for you and me. Yet religious people walk by that cross every single day. And they bring judgments. And they bring disparaging comments. And they bring self-righteousness. And I bring all these things as opposed to looking as the ones who are supposed to be. The ones who who know who Jesus is. And have the knowledge of who Jesus is. We become these self-righteous people that make judgment, judgment, judgment. and these religious leaders put Jesus on the cross not only did they put him there they mocked him they mocked him they spit on him and we go oh that wouldn't be me that wouldn't be me but church when we look in the mirror it's me Does it last my whole life? God, I hope not. Does it every day? I don't think so. But I know what these guys are thinking. I've thought their thoughts. You've thought their thoughts. It's me. I can be a priest. I can be a scribe. I can be that. The last one is the centurion. The centurion was the one who was guarding Jesus. Guarding. What are you doing guarding a guy who's hanging on a cross with nails in his hands and his feet? Where's he going? It is Jesus. But the, the Jews, well, the, the Jews had some inclination that maybe Jesus would disappear somehow. And they, they they wanted to make sure, the Romans made sure that there was a guard there. And they sat there, these Roman guards, this centurion. And, and I can only imagine, because as, as this, the Roman centurion is, is not supposed to be emotionally attached to anything that is going on. He is there to just do his job. And he's, he's sitting there, and he watches this Jesus who says, King of the Jews, who's hanging with nails in his hands and feet in blood and a crown and blood on his face, hanging there, and he's watching the whole thing. And he's there to guard and keep peace in the midst of this chaos. And the centurions listen to everything that's happening. And he hears the disparaging comments that are made. He hears and sees people mocking and spitting at him. He hears and he sees all this craziness. And he listens for what Jesus might say. And he sees this Jesus who utters words like this, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. And I can only imagine what's, what's going on in this Centurion's mind going, ah, "This guy is hanging on a cross and he's saying, "I forgive them." And he's, he's listening to the words of Jesus. and he hears those words from Jesus. says it is finished. And the world just gets turned upside down. Everything goes dark and this just earthquake and this is the guy that's standing back he's watching the whole story unfold, he's watching the scribes and Pharisees go by, he's watching these people that don't give a rip just go by he's watching people that that, that in each one of these segments that we've talked about, he's watched Simon carry the cross and everything's going through his mind and he's tri- A plus B equals C 1 plus 1 equals 2 and it's coming together and he's Sees this, who he thought was a criminal, hanging on the cross. See, I, 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 am I the centurion? The centurion and those with him regarding Jesus saw all that had happened and they were terrified and exclaimed. He said with a loud voice, Surely this was the Son of God. All of a sudden, this Roman soldier had eyes to see. All of a sudden, this man who had been standing stoically with a sword in his hand or a spear, whatever it might be, watching the story just unfold, and all the players play their parts, and he's watching, and he's listening, and he's processing all these things. And he has no agenda. His agenda is to do what he's told to do. But as he's sitting there silently, he sees, he watches, and he knows this is the Son of God. The Bible says it this way that he pulls the scales from their eyes and they can see. You know that whole thing, I was blind, John 8, John 9, but now I see. John nine. It's that I, 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 and I What what must that have been like? Now, the two key players that I, I love in this story to 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 see that I'm, I hope I'm more like is the robber that 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 just hears those words today. You'll be with me in paradise, and the centurion whose, whose scales fall from his eyes and he's looking at the cross and says, "This is truly the Son of God." Romans 10, 8, 9 says this. But what does it say? The word is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart. That is the message concerning faith that we proclaim. It says this: if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And the centurion declares, surely that is God. See, the reality is, we are every one of them. I'm a soldier that drives the nails into Jesus' hands. I'm a passerby, or I feel the weight of what Jesus went through, even if it's only on a small scale. I'm a robber denying Jesus and receiving Jesus. I'm a nobody who passes by and doesn't give a rip. I'm a priest and a scribe full of pride and I'm a centurion whose eyes can now see who am I I'm a new creation in Christ this is Easter this is everything that we're talking about it is here that Jesus says this, or that Paul says this in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, therefore if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away, and he and the new has come. The cross and Easter is all about this. I'm a new creation in Christ. Look, I walk in some of these things, these other people, I walk in in some of these places of of being a soldier or being one who denies or a priest or a, a, a scribe. or what We all walk in these things. But what the Bible says about me is that I'm a new creation in Christ. Jesus went to the cross. We're celebrating Easter next week. But he didn't stay in the grave. On the third day it says he rose again so that you and I could be new creatures in Christ. That we didn't have to be defined by these other things. That we could be defined by Jesus and have the freedom and not walk in condemnation and not walk in guilt and not walk in hopelessness but we can walk in the hope that the scriptures talk about that are in Jesus Christ the hope that I see the hope that I experience the hope that we celebrate next week So as we go into this next week and he's thinking about this Easter and all your big Easter plans and your biggies, our big Easter brunches and dinners and, and uh, you know Easter eggs and, and bunnies and, and baskets and you know all the stuff that we Just for a moment, take some time and think about Jesus and what He did for you and me what he's done for us. And all those worries and all those big things that are in front of us, just take them to the cross and the other side is hope. The other side is hope because I'm a new creation in Christ and I don't have to live in the old John anymore. I can live in the new, born in Jesus John. I don't have to live in the guilt. I don't have to live in the condemnation. I don't have to live it anymore. Because Jesus has made me new. And if you don't know Jesus, what an exciting time, Easter. Because as we said, the Bible says this, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be a new creation in Christ too. If you already have a relationship with Jesus, I am convinced, and the Bible says, that it is our what God has called us to, to bring that hope to others. And in this season, as you remember who you are, and you bring that hope to a son, to a wife, to a husband, to a friend, let God do the miracle that he wants to do. Thanks for listening to the Pacific Point podcast. If you would like to partner with Pacific Point Church and our church plants, you can download the Pacific Point Church app at the App Store or visit us at pacificpointchurch.com slash give. At that same site, you can also watch and listen to previous sermons, read follow-up blog posts and extended notes, and even connect with Pacific Point Church on social media. We hope you are encouraged today.